Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Dan. This is the Amazing Nerd Show. That's right. We got a big episode this week. Yes. We've got a lot to cover. We're talking Tomb Raider. We're talking this week in wrestling. We're talking comic news. And we're going to end it with uh, New Japan Strong Style Evil. Yes. And we're going to actually start time stamping these episodes <laughs> for people. Yes. We want you to know exactly when each topic starts. So we're covering something that you like and maybe you don't want to listen to comic books or you don't want to listen to wrestling. You can go ahead and jump in where you want. Let us know if you like that or not. Yeah, yeah. We, we definitely want your feedback because mm. I know we cover a whole lot. A lot of these episodes are going two hours and maybe you don't have two hours to listen to us bitch about wrestling <laughs> or two hours, uh, you know, fanboying out over, you know, comic books. That's cool. I get it. So this way it's a little more user friendly mm. for everyone. So, uh what did you do this weekend, man? I went and saw Tomb Raider. Even against my better judgment, I went and saw it. I wasn't hearing good things. Uh, me neither. And I just wanted to make sure that this wasn't like one of those times where it's like it's a good film, but people are just shitting all over it. Because it's the popular thing to do, yeah. right? Um, yeah, there's definitely times like that, I feel like, where it's like the the thing to do to just mm. crap all over films. I feel like Last Jedi had like a month of that where, you know, it was just the internet thing oh, to yeah. just shit all They're over still that film. All over the last Whatever. <laughs> um but anyway, so uh are you gonna shit on the film? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> hey man, little. if it deserves it, shit all it, over. I mean it doesn't Well let let's let me give a little sum, like a little plot of what the film is. Okay. All right. Uh, following the disappearance of her father, Richard Croft, Laura Croft makes a living as a bike courier. When she is arrested after a bike accident involving a police car, Richard's business partner, Anna Miller, posts her bail and warns her that if she doesn't claim her inheritance, her father's estate will be sold off. Laura reluctantly accepts and gains access to her father's office. There she finds pre-recorded message from Richard detailing his research into Himiko, the mythical queen of Yamatai, who was said to command the power over life and death. Richard warns Laura to destroy all her research, and, of course, she doesn't. She goes after she wants to find her father. You know, she wants to take the research that he has to find her, him, whatever, in this on this new uh, island. I have no idea what the hell you just said to me. <laughs> that was a whole lot of plot. Yeah. So, are you a fan of these movies? Were you a fan of the original? Yeah. As a kid, yeah. I loved okay. uh, the original. Because uh, there was fun action. Two film. movies, yeah, right? Two movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Were you a fan of the video games? Uh, I wasn't a fan of the earlier video games, but when they did this reboot... They really made you invest and care about the new character, like care about Laura. Like, okay, in the when movie. you say in the reboot, you're talking about the game. Yes, Rebo- they they've, okay. uh, rebooted it. They basically went back to the start. Like Laura is first surviving for the first time on this okay. island. All right, she's it's the same kind of plot. It's she's following her father's footsteps, uh, trying to find out some mythical thing going on in a different island. Okay, um, but yeah, let's let's get into it. Okay, go for it, man. I'm all ears. <laughs> So yeah, um, the movie, they I feel like they captured Laura very well at first. Um, she's definitely like, has this kind of, I'm an adventurous person, I want to explore, do things like that, but she uh, doesn't want to like take on her family's inheritance or anything like that. So uh, she's just a bike courier. Yeah. Okay. But she's worth millions. Okay. And 
is fine. Fine, yeah. <laughs> I guess, okay. She's just kind of rebelling against that. She's Her dad's been missing for seven years. And then she um, magically finds a uh, lockbox that her dad had um, had left behind for her and during like the will signing type of stuff. Okay. And it has a key and it says, go to this. And then she goes to that and it um, unlocks the door to more and more mysteries. And hijinks ensues. Yes. Okay. So um, she goes to the island. They, uh, the, the island shows kind of like it's a bunch of people there that have been there for seven years trying to find the special door to get to Himiko. Uh, and she's like, apparently, will bring death to the world type of situation. So the people are trying to find this door? Yes, they're an evil organization. I forgot what they're okay. called. Okay. Um, cobra? No. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, when you think about it, they're Cobra. Okay. Um, awesome. I can get down with Cobra. It's run by this evil camp leader that actually came off a lot more sympathetic to me than the uh, the rest of the characters in this film. Because he's just, he's there. He has kids at home he wants to get back to. He wants to be with his family. Uh, and he's stuck on this island. And the only person he can even talk to is on a sat phone. And he has no idea who they are. Okay. But now, didn't you start off by saying he was an evil camp leader? Yes. Okay, he's supposed so to be the evil what, camp leader. Why is he evil? He, well, he comes out and there's this dude who like falls over sick because he's been working too hard. Like They've captured all these people that have fallen on this island over time. Uh-huh. And he just shoots them. Okay. And he's kind of like, he has this kind of like, I'm lost, crazy kind of look to him. Okay. The entire time. Like, he's just kind of like... Well, he's been on an island for seven years looking for a door that'll kill everyone. It seems completely (laughs) reasonable why he's like this. To me, at least. That was one of my biggest... I guess. (laughs) What's their motive for finding this door? Do they ever explain that? I think they... uh, Why do they want everything to end? I think they think that they're going to get riches off of finding this discovery of this dead body. But they're also like that kind of like... Illuminati type of organization. Okay. So they have. Plans. Do they think like it will trigger something? It's like not a explained. second coming or anything. It's okay. not explained exactly why they want it. Okay. Other so than that, sounds reasons. like a flaw to me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all right. Um, we can one, look past that. One of the things that the game, the first game at least, showed was her dad's not alive. You know, her dad's actually dead. This movie, the dad's alive. Okay. On the island, she actually finds him. She ends up finding him. She yes. thinks he's dead in the mm-hmm. beginning, though, right? Yes. She's at the will signing. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So then they discover that he's actually alive. Yes. And that took a lot out of the film for me, because just right there, one of the things that the game did very well was they had her on her own, like having to figure out how to survive for the first time on this island and trying to figure out what to do when she got hurt. Because like, even in the movie, they copy her injury where she gets... Uh, a, she like falls through these trees and a twig of course goes spears right through her okay and she has to like figure out how to mend that she burns it and like takes care of it but no she finds her dad and her dad fixes it for her oh okay and yeah like, I could see why that would be a little you know yeah a bit of a yeah she she doesn't really have to back story or anything else on her own one of the, another thing the game did very well was she's she wasn't a killer she wasn't a murderer or anything like that so she has to deal with the fact that she's being hunted by this organization that's on the island and figure out if she wants to actually, you know, kill these people or to survive. It's all about survival of the fittest. At this so point. she has to kind of battle with 
this whole like you know do I you know yeah. become what now, I now me as a player of course I just killed everyone <laughs> does that does it give you that option in the game like whether yeah or not like if you... someone attacks like you could you could easily sneak around past everyone if you really want but to. is it easier to go yeah, ahead of course like is there any like consequences if you do choose to murder no not in this game there's there's other games that so it's just do that very like, well but it's okay. Like, okay I have a bow and arrow they're in my way. But she, like, kind of struggles oh, with yeah. the ethics There's of, like... There's definitely, like, you know. a morality issue throughout okay. the game. Okay. All right. Well, that's... This movie has It none. sounds like the game is more interesting <laughs> than the movie right mm-hmm. now. The game... The movie has none of that. She immediately, like... Uh, she's getting hunted. In the second act, it kind of starts with her getting hunted by this gentleman. And as soon as they interact, she kills him. She drowns him. And she, like, has this kind of, like, moment of, like, I just killed someone. But then, you're off. So is she, like, a trained, like, survivalist, like... No, the most that they she's showed able to the... just jump into the scenario like this. <laughs> the most that they showed at the beginning was that she was like training to be a boxer. Okay, so that's the, her skill set. Yeah, and a... I mean, you can see that she's a thrill seeker because in the bike scene, she's like literally. Um, they're playing this game where she like someone has to capture the foxtail that's on her bike, or she'll get six hundred um, quid. Okay, and um, so she's just flying th- like she's like parkour on a bike. So she's she's naturally athletic. Yes. It sounds like okay. So, but they don't set anything up like she's been training for this yeah. her whole life, and she decided to take a different route or something like that. Like no, this just just yeah. comes natural to her mm. more so than anything. Okay, she's her father's daughter. Okay, and her father is basically Indiana Jones. I, he's like obsessed with finding a way to get in touch with his dead wife. Okay. And that's why he chases after mythical beings and stuff like that. Seems fair enough. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're already seeing all these kind of like elements, but it's it feels like such a short, rushed film, and it's such a just action flick throughout the entire time. All right. There's no like reason for me to really care or invest in any of these characters. They don't build on no. anything or any of these moments to yeah. make you Even really... like the like reconnect with the father, and the father's like, I've been in a cave for seven years, so I'm a little kooky right now. I believe that this... Yamatai, uh, not Yamatai, uh, Himiko is a real being, and that's why I have to stop the, uh... Is it a real being? No. It's someone that clearly had a serious plague in her body, but was immune to it, so whenever she touched someone, it would spread the plague to that person. Oh, okay. So it was like a disease, but it was not like... But they took her, like she was the embodiment of death or something. Okay. Interesting. All right. I mean, or maybe not. I, mean, it I was, guess it was interesting to see. Like the effect was nice. How the uh, when someone touched her, she really like, like she didn't do anything. The their bodies lay like d- deteriorated right away. Okay, now over the top CGI or it was fast. It was fast it was enough fast. not to care. Like okay, you know, okay, all right. Well, I mean, so what did this movie improve on compared to the other movies, not the game? I mean, it took itself a little bit more seriously. Like, the previous movies, they knew what they were. They knew that they were just fun action flicks, you know. Now, am I wrong thinking that those movies were kind of like eye candy movies, too? They were. They were okay. definitely, like... It's Angelina Jolie, kind of short like, shorts, and two guns. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, that's the game, too. That's the yeah. whole setup. But um, did they... I mean, did this feel like it kind of was less, like, you know, objectifying, like, Laura Croft? Yeah, it was definitely less objectifying. Okay. She was definitely more independent, strong, 
kind of female. Because I was going to say, like, to have a movie like that mm. nowadays, like where we're at as a society and it seems like where we're going, to come out feels like almost like a step backwards. Yeah, I didn't so feel like she was... It felt like just from what I got from the trailers, what I saw mm. was it seemed like it was, like, turning a new leaf and, like, you know, kind of starting this new, like, modern story mm. with this character. Because, I mean, it's a cool idea, like a female, like Indiana exactly. Jones, you know, type deal. And that's who it's, what it's supposed to be. Okay. You know? Okay. In the original video game, too? Or was that original video game kind of... I mean, yeah, but the main claim to fame was, you the know, short a shorts. code that you could get her naked. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> that's that's more kind of what I remember from it. So, um, and I felt like the movies were, you know, mm-hmm. and much different than, you know that yeah so you know it's a little disappointing to hear that just wasn't a good movie though did it just not work altogether it works as a film but it doesn't do anything that's going to make you like think about it i'm not going to remember this film in like two months okay i'm not going to remember it happens it's there's nothing that stuck with me how did you walk out of the theater feeling I just felt like they missed the point of the what they were going after. Especially, like, this was a um, Square Enix-supported um, film. It wasn't like they just randomly decided to make a Laura Croft film. It was actually the game developers were behind the film as well. Oh, interesting. So they took all the elements of the game, but it was just, like, kind of just the bones, the they, cool parts. Okay. And that's about it. So they kind of lost, like, the spirit yeah. of the game overall. All right. Well, that's that's too bad. Mm. So it's just you just you know, and I feel like this happens a lot with video game movies. Mm. You know, I mean, does do, is that your kind of experience with it? Because you're yeah. you're a big gamer. It feels like they just refuse to pull the trigger. Like they they get they get the gun loaded, but they're not pulling the trigger on any of these projects that they ever have. Do you think it's like studio interference? I mean, does a lot of these video game movies it. Are they backed by, like, the company who actually owns the rights to the games? Lately, yes. Like, Assassin's Creed was completely... um, Ubisoft was like, we're not even releasing a game this year. We're giving you this movie. Wow. Okay. So it was just like, oh, okay, so they're really behind this. And it just, like... It it didn't really fit... The storyline that they had. Okay. Though the games kind of get the same kind of criticism, because it's just like, we want to play in the past, but you want to keep us putting us back in the future type of crap okay it's it's, assassin's creed is a whole lot of mess you don't (laughs) want to get into right now i won't open that can of worms (laughs) so all right so i mean it just seems like an issue with a lot of these Mm -hmm. video game movies you know like i can't think of a video game movie that i really enjoyed exactly you know i mean if you did enjoy them it's because they were goofy or fun like mortal kombat films yes they're just like i did enjoy me some mortal kombat (laughs) you know in the the mid 90s Mm. so i did enjoy that but that was also like just that soundtrack alone you know that awesome techno exactly (laughs) and you watch that movie now and it does not hold up well (laughs) at all no um but yeah no uh well that's too bad man hmm I just want to see them take one of these properties and give it kind of like the, either the Marvel or even just the Nolan type treatment where it's like, here's all these elements. Let's make a great story out of them. Let's make something that actually resonates with Because it sounds like you're really invested in the story of the game. Exactly. So it doesn't understand. I don't understand why it doesn't translate to film. You know, because it feels like it, it, from everything you described, it would translate very easily exactly. to film. Um, so that's, that is disappointing. And it seems like a huge missed opportunity mm. since, you know, right now 
we're on this like kind of, you know, path of, you know, all these like, you know, groundbreaking female led movies coming out. Exactly. So it felt like they really had something here, this property that could be more, you know. I will than say it that is. it it did well with the, you know, human versus human aspect of the film. Hmm. But what it missed out on was her versus nature. Okay. Which they could have really played with. It would have made you care about the character so much more if in that second act, instead of her getting chased by a guy and her finding her father and all that being taken care of pretty much for her right away, yeah, she had to deal with the elements. She like, they they could have even done like a fun little bear attack. Okay. You know. Yeah. Like put something her, put like, the, where she you know, has to survive make the stakes something. like higher mm-hmm. that she's like you know. Not only dealing with the human element, but she's dealing with like nature too. Exactly. That that makes sense to me. Um, it just and it just sounds like the fact that they took the whole like morality question, you know, off the, you know, like you could see it in her face for like a little bit, but then she's like, I'm d-, like, as soon as she got the bow and arrow from her dad's cave, you're all she goes gonna into the die. Camp. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> and she's just fucking Hawkeye all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's another thing that I don't like. If she's surviving this, you know. Oh, they showed in the past like, that she was like shooting arrows and okay, apple. they tried. Yeah. to like tie it together. <laughs> okay, I guess she had some skill. All of a sudden, she turns Rambo and is yeah. able to take a whole. <laughs> okay, whatever. So I mean, well, that's too bad. Yeah, you know, because I know you were kind of excited for this. Well, because they showed a lot of promising behind the scenes. The way the actress was like going on and on about like. How much she had to train for this? How like the, all the stunts she wanted to do on her own? She wasn't using like a double most of the time. Did that show up on film? Yeah, it looked good. Uh huh. It's just there was no story to connect. Yeah, there was together. no there was no substance to really get okay. me behind my me caring that she's doing her own stunts most of the time. Yeah, and you know the backstory of the actual character mm-hmm. from the game, so the fact that you didn't care makes me believe that most audience goers who don't know the game so well probably walked out feeling exactly the same if not it's, worse it's gonna be a fun movie to watch on tv randomly if you've got nothing better to do like a tbs sunday or something exactly. like that okay i gotcha i have plenty of those i'll be like what's christian talking about this is a fantastic <laughs> movie <laughs> i totally buy her bow and arrow skills so but yeah all right well so a strong pass a good pass okay you want to give it a star rating uh, I'd give it a two out of five if I have it really. Wow. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's not good. That's not good. Two out of five. All right. Well, that sounds like a strong pass to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got some comic book news. Yes. Some comic film news, if you yes. will. Let's start with Deadpool 2. What did you think? Trailer dropped. New trailer. I'm... Optimistic, but yet still kind of on the fence about it. Really? Why are you on the fence about it? I don't know if it was just like the jokes didn't resonate with me a lot for this trailer. Mm-hmm. Especially a lot with what we saw with Domino. I'm like, I'm hoping that maybe they just saved all of the best parts for the actual film. But in this trailer, I, nothing really got me too excited about her interactions with Deadpool. Uh, I liked that Cable might be the enemy kind of of the film for a while, but... You know that's not going to end yeah, up that exactly. way yeah, at the end of the movie. Um, yeah, I need Domino to be a total badass like she is in the books. Mm-hmm. So I hope they don't screw that up. Um, but I, I get what you're saying because the, you only really get to see her interact a little bit yeah. like through the trailer. And it's a trailer. 
you know we didn't say like the first like hour of the movie or anything like that but yeah it didn't show you enough of domino i definitely enjoyed the first trailer was it a trailer or teaser teaser this is technically the first okay i definitely enjoyed the first teaser more than i enjoyed this trailer um, a little worried about the whole X Force thing. Yeah, like how they're bringing that in. It just like kind of feels forced, almost the cinematic mm-hmm. like universe. You know, X Force to me is a group of badasses, and this almost seems like to be you know like it's being played for like comical effect. Mm-hmm. Um, which it is what it is, you know. And I I heard for for a while now they're talking about actually doing like an X Force movie movie, and like I I can't see it happening with the group that they introduced, mm-hmm. you know, in the trailer. Not to say that, you know, you don't have Cable Join or, you know, a few other characters added. Because right when I saw the, you know, I think they showed some, like, teaser photos. Um, when I saw the photos of the team, I, like, right away, I was like, well, that's not X-Force. That looks like Six Pack. Mm. Um, uh, Cable's uh, team of assassins in the comics. Because, like, GW Bridge is part of the team. Domino's part of the team. And you can't really make out the other characters. Um, I heard Kane is actually part, supposed to be one of the characters who's also part of yeah. the six pack. So um, I was a little kind of confused on why they would go that route in this movie. Um, it still looked hilarious regardless. Um, I'm excited for it. But yeah, I think it was kind of a letdown, I want to say. For me, it was. At least. Yeah, kind of a letdown. And I think that teaser just hit so strong mm. and got me so pumped up that, you know, I don't know. Uh, this just didn't do it for me overall and then i don't know about this whole like this kid that down deadpool's trying to protect yeah you know i mean i i I get it it makes sense it's a very much a cable storyline you know we've seen before Mm. um but yeah i don't know and i i it's interesting like and i don't recognize who the kid is supposed to be i don't know if it's an actual character in the um marvel books um but it doesn't seem to be you know, and I also, like, they have Black Tom listed, at least, as one of the characters in this movie. I know they have an actor um, who's, you know, named next to him, but I have not seen him in the trailers yet, unless I'm completely, like, I mean, maybe him. there's a lot that's just being left for the actual yeah. film, and they don't want to ruin I mean, it's it, a trailer, but... right? Yeah. I mean, there's only so much. I know that, you know, people literally have podcasts uh-huh. <laughs> analyzing trailers. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of what we're doing. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it could, it could be fantastic. Who knows? You know, I mean, I'm excited still. I'm still going to go see it. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Opening weekend, I'll be there. Um, I mean, it definitely looked better than the Tomb Raider trailer, so (laughs) right off the bat. But yeah, no, I, I will definitely be there. So, but yeah, kind of a letdown. I mean, maybe the X-Force that they show us in this is maybe cannon fodder for whatever happens in actual film. Because a lot of the rumors for a while was that Deadpool 3, if they were ever to do one, would be, instead of doing the X-Force film, would pretty much just be that. Yeah, and I think, too, the problem is I'm coming from a place where I'm thinking of Remender's, like, X-Force, who was this really, like, dark team Mm. that dealt with a lot of, like, morality questions and everything. This wasn't Cable's X-Force. This was, like, Wolverine's X-Force. Or more, more, actually, more accurate, Cyclops' like, kill squad (laughs) that he was sending on missions. So I think I'm kind of have like that team stuck in my head that was really dark. Mm. Deadpool was eventually part of that team and he kind of ended up being like the voice of like reason a lot of times. Um, I think this is more based off of like the 90s X-Force team. 
you know, that Cable was the leader of, that was originally the New Mutants that became um, X-Force. So, but I still, this team does not look like even that team Mm -hmm. to me. Um, I mean, do you, would you rather them wait and save that maybe if they wanted to do more X-Men stuff with uh, Marvel's group down the line? Absolutely. Because, I mean, that's definitely a rated R movie that I could get behind. And that would be so exciting to see. Um, I don't know if they would do that, though. Um, But, yeah, if that's a way, I mean, this definitely does not feel like the best way to introduce that team concept to me. You know, unless it is just kind of like, you know, it happens and it's not even a big part of the film and they end up getting their asses mm. handed to them and then they it just, just looks like it's a hog group together. Like he's just grabbing whoever he can. Yeah, like maybe other like, you know, assassins or and something. I guarantee like that. you there's gonna be jokes about how, oh, these were just the characters we could afford at the uh-huh, right. You yeah. Know? So it's it just... definitely feels like it's gonna be a thing in the movie. You know, I mean, although the scene where he does the whole, you know, Wonder Woman, you know, thing, or or even the Wakanda, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty pretty funny. So, I'm sure the movie's gonna be hilarious. You know, but yeah, we'll wait and see. Hmm. That's what that's almost here, right? Yeah, May. That's crazy, Jesus. And that's the first trailer. My God, it was just New Year's. How mm-hmm. the hell did we get here? We are 30 days away from Infinity War. I know. Don't get me started. On that, <laughs> I'm way too excited for that movie right now. Where we could just do like a whole podcast of me drooling <laughs> <laughs> over that movie. Because I was watching more. I was reading more articles today. I'm on spring break right now. So I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've just been like knee deep in Infinity War stuff right oh, now. Geez. So, uh, But yeah. So what else did we have? Well, I mean, a film that we're not going to get for a long time is going to be X-Men uh, Dark Phoenix. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> What's going on with Fox, right? Because... That got pushed back to February 2019. Mm-hmm. It was originally slated for November, right? Yeah. I don't know if I haven't heard any reshoots for that. I haven't. I don't know if it's just like a schedule thing where February seems to be a great month mm-hmm. for comic book movies. I mean, Deadpool, the original Deadpool and Black Panther killed it, you know, in February. And maybe that's why they're... I mean, I guess technically, calendar-wise, it's only a couple months, really. Yeah. But... You know, after New Mutants. And this actually pushes back the New Mutant movie to August mm. next year. So, I mean, we did a preview show, right? Ta- talking. Or no, no. I think they, at that point they just yeah, rescheduled. Yeah, but we, we previewed that Dark Phoenix would be coming out this yeah, year for sure. <laughs> we sure did. And we were about to preview New Mutants. And then we found out like that day mm-hmm. that it got pushed back to 2019. So, I mean, and everyone was kind of excited about that trailer. So, I don't know what the deal is. They're, I guess they're doing a lot of reshoots for New Mutants, mm. um, trying to add more of, like, a horror vibe to it. Which, from the trailer, it seemed like it already had. But maybe they were like, well, we oversold the horror aspects. <laughs> <laughs> and people seem yeah, to be really excited for that. it. We got to pump more horror in there. And then I also heard they're adding another character which is just... to it. <laughs> So, I mean, that's a lot of reshooting. That's a lot of work. <laughs> you know, so they must have felt like it was a little thin, you know? I mean, whatever, as long as it ends up being mm. a good movie. But... I like to look at it like how when video games get pushed back, that just means that they're going to put more love and more work into it, you know? I like that. That's a positive spin. I know. I'm hoping for that. I... Like, I'm hoping with Dark Phoenix, maybe they're going to give the CG team a lot more time to work. Because, I mean... Dark and you'll Phoenix. get a really nice polished product yeah, out exactly. of that, right? Well, maybe, maybe, or it's just gonna shit. I'd yep. Shit the bed and suck, and 
You know, we'll we'll see. We'll see. But I like your positive spin, Christian. I'll take it. I, I'm hoping. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Jeez, but August 2019. I know. I really want to see that movie. That, that trailer was like... It's a year and a half away, right? Exactly. God. Yeah, don't show anything else till mm-hmm. you get a little closer. Because it's just going to remind people... Like, oh, this movie is supposed to come out, like, in a couple months. Mm. What the hell? Well, I imagine we're not going to see another trailer for New Mutants until at least next year. Yeah. I, they've got to like, stay, like... Late winter. Don't leak any photos. Nothing. Get people to forget that you announced <laughs> that movie. <laughs> so it's a pleasant surprise mm. when the trailer drops again. Yeah. So, um, also, Captain Marvel dropped some casting news. Um, they're bringing back a familiar face. Clark Gregg, Agent Philip uh Colson yes is coming back in the fold in the uh, MCU why not right it it's makes the 90s you get to use him that's right do you think they're going to de-age him I, 90s was a long time ago I think he's just someone that you just need to put extra makeup on he you doesn't so? look like someone you need to well, Sam Jackson my... is in this too yeah so and he's I'm supposed to have both eyes <laughs> oh yeah well that shouldn't be too hard yeah right he, I mean he, he just doesn't wear an eye patch <laughs> exactly <laughs> Oh, uh, you keep them bald? I mean, yeah, you right. Do anything, really? That's going to be interesting. We'll see. They've got the technology now. Mm. I mean, Jesus, look at what Civil War when they de-aged uh, Robert Downer Jr. Exactly. That was scary. <laughs> that was scary. It was good, but that's a lot of money. That's a lot of work. Yeah, they got Especially all the money. The whole they have all the money, Christian. Yes, they do. Especially after Black Panther. <laughs> yes. Speaking of Black Panther, holy shit! Mm. It surpassed the Avengers. Nation. Yes, but still, mm. that's huge. I mean, now is the biggest superhero movie in the states ever. So, uh, was it uh, one? I forget. No, six hundred million, mm. I believe. And then I think worldwide, it's over a billion. It's like a billion point one or something like that. Yes, they are loving it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they are. Ha- they are probably the happiest people in the world right now. I mean, rightfully so. Though it's a mm. really, really awesome movie. You know, well deserved, definitely. So, and we get a we get another uh, you know chapter in the story of Black Panther, just like that, in thirty days. <laughs> like I said, a whole podcast of me just drooling <laughs> oh, over we'll get Infinity there. War. Yes, that's <laughs> coming soon. So, but yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it for uh, comic news. Did you read anything this past week? Well, we read No Surrender. That's right. We did read No Surrender. That actually came out the day after last podcast, mm-hmm. right? Um, so let's go ahead and let's jump into that. Uh, Voyager, um, and this is Avengers and No Surrender. Do you even know the, I don't know uh, what part 685. is 685. 685? Mm-hmm. Is this number 9 of the this, story? I thought or this 10? was 11. Is this 11? I, I can look it up while you read that. I mean, it's a 16-issue <laughs> arc, right? Uh-huh. So, I mean, we're deep into it now. Writing down in the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yep, part 11. Part 11. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, Voyager is tired of doing the Grandmaster's bidding. So, she teleports the last pyramid into the Avengers Vault in hopes of turning the tides against her father. But unbeknownst to her, the immortal Hulk has followed. Now, the only thing that stands between him and the pyramid is a small team of reserved and injured Avengers. Man, was this a good book. Yes. I really, like, out of all the No Surrenders so far, this really got me amped up. Yes. They did the Hulk's return right. 
I mean, they made him look like just a pure monster, mm-hmm. a rage monster, which is the way he should be portrayed. I mean, he seemed like a serious threat. Um, God, my favorite part of the book is definitely when she unfreezes Vision mm-hmm. and he goes and he like confronts the Hulk and it's like a pretty cool like battle at first and the Hulk just fucking crushes him. Yeah. Um, um, Vision's going for the mind scrambler thing where he sticks his hand in his head. Yeah. As soon as he makes himself, um, what is it? What's the solid. Dense, like yeah. solid. Just bam, right in the skull. Yes, and it seemed like the Hulk realized that if you follow mm-hmm. the narration that it's like, you know, for a split second and then he goes ahead and Well, Vision is out. like speaking out loud. Like he's speaking his thoughts out loud because he just thinks the Hulk doesn't understand Yeah, that he's anything. mindless. Yeah. And um, he's like, mindless, huh? Uh-huh. And he beats him. Yes, yes. So Banner's still in there, even though he's being controlled by the Challenger. Um, just a great book. It made you feel like the stakes were high. Mm-hmm. Um, it made the Hulk feel like a legitimate threat. Um, he just destroys the Red Hulk in this. Like, I was actually scared he was going to, like, break his neck. Like, when he's holding him, mm-hmm. he's, like, dangling him. By his head. Yeah, I'm looking uh, at it right now. Yeah, actually. yeah. I was, I was really, really like, I was like, oh my god, he's totally gonna even break the like this guy's um, neck. the words underneath it is he's killing us. Yes, and I'm just like, wow. It was actually terrifying. Like mm. it was a terrifying scene <laughs> because what would you do if the Hulk mm. was just out of control, rampaging towards you? Um, I don't think he. They're gonna be able to stop him. You know. I mean, it. it you felt helpless for that team. I mean, so. I think that's the only element I didn't like about this book was that last panel with, um, what's his name? Uh, it's the last panel of the book where it's the guy, he's sitting Indian style and he's like, hey, we need to talk. Oh, Wonder Man? Yeah, Wonder Man. Okay. Yeah, What what's the issue with that? I We're having this awesome rampage fight and then he's just like, hey, can we talk for a second? Yeah, like, well, it's kind of the character style, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like it's just like an immediate halt to all that. I was like, "What's happening?" It was a uh-huh. good, it was a good cliffhanger. You, you only have to wait till tomorrow, <laughs> exactly. literally. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Hmm. It kind of felt out of place, right? Yeah, I could see that. And I, I mean, Wonder Man right now is a whole like he's got the whole pacifist going on thing going on because I'm sure if he wasn't, he'd be just you know jumping in fists ablazing. So. Hmm. But I see what you're saying. Well, I'm hoping that the next book just starts with, bam, fist. In the fist. Right? Yeah, because I, I don't, don't think I don't he's going to be listening mm-hmm. to I don't anything. understand why this uh, Hulk would listen to anyone. You know, no. Why he would stop in any regards. He's not, like, he's on his mind to do that. Yeah, no, I don't see there being a, any kind of issue. And it, it sounds like maybe one, he's playing more of a distraction mm. role. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. We'll see, though. I mean, so far, I've got to say, I've really enjoyed this series, though. I mean, we're 11 deep now, mm-hmm. and I, I think there's maybe one or two issues where just kind of like so-so for me, but overall, I mean, really good pace. Yes. I mean, you tell me a 16-issue arc, and right away, I'm, I'm worried about pacing. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they've kept this weekly, and I mean, I think they knew that it was going to be weekly right off the bat, it's just a really great pace for this kind of like, you know, mini-event book. So, um, and I'm still vested in the story and everything. I still exactly, want to know what's exactly. going on with Voyager and, you know, where we're going to end up at the end of this. So, cause I really don't, I, I can't really call it right now. I'm not sure where we're going story-wise. No, I have no idea. So, but I, I mean, like that. I like that. Other than the fact that everything will be reset to normal, but. 
Yeah, that's Marvel, though. (laughs) (laughs) And DC to a certain extent, but, you know, I'm sure there'll be some consequences. It sounds like all these teams are going to be, you know, Mm. not together anymore at the end of this book. I mean, we know that just from the announcement of the fresh start that's happening. Well, yeah, don't they already even have an Avengers book out right now where it's like uh, back to basics? Yeah, I don't think that, I don't think that has anything to do with it. Yeah, no, the fresh start book comes out, I believe, in May. Alright. So, and we know that Uncanny Avengers are, is completely off the slate, and so is U.S. Avengers. So, this sounds like just their way of wrapping up all those, mm. like, story arcs and everything. Which is too bad, because I really, like I said, I've been enjoying Rogue as an Avenger. And I was kind of disappointed when they kind of released the um, solicitations for the new Avengers book mm-hmm. that she wasn't part of the team. Because I kind of felt like that maybe this is where that story's going, you know, to kind of like concrete her in as like, you know, a real Avenger. You know, not saying that the uncanny Avengers mm-hmm. weren't the real Avengers, but they kind of weren't. You know, they would refer to them as the Unity Squad a lot yeah. of times and not the Avengers. So, I mean, I just feel like she really deserves that spotlight. You know, and we'll see what they do with the character going down the road. Yeah, because you know, it's funny because I feel like the uh, Uncanny Avengers have been doing a better job with Rogue than the X books have been doing. You know, the X books, I feel like she's just kind of in the background. I think they don't know what they want her to be either. Yeah, like sometimes she's loving Dovey with um, Gambit. Sometimes she's brooding and like trying to. She's this badass, badass yeah, who's you know kind of aloof and loner. Um, sometimes she's a leader, sometimes, you know, she, exactly. like I said, she's a loner. So, I mean, yeah, I don't, it depends on the writer and it, I mean, she's had kind of a sword past. So I feel like no one's really gotten like a good hold on the character, um, except what they've been doing really with Uncanny Avengers, where I can follow the narrative with that character mm. and you've seen the growth in her. So I'm a little disappointed that we might have like a setback for her, but who knows? Maybe the X-Men pick up where they left off. We'll see. Maybe we'll get another X-Men team. Another Unity-like uh, Uncanny Avengers team? Well, I don't know about that. I don't need another X-Men <laughs> team. We've got a lot of X-Men teams right now. Come on, X-Men Grey. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, another book I've been reading is Doctor Strange, Damnation. Yes, I. you got me into it because you described it. Then I saw some images for it and I was like, okay. I need to read this. This looks cool. Yeah, it's a bunch of characters that mm. I like to read. Anything with Ghost Rider, I'm going to probably get a little yeah. excited. Yeah, I mean, we got Ghost Rider, <laughs> we got uh, Moon Knight, and I'm a huge Moon Knight fan, mm. so anytime I see Moon Knight in a book, I pick it up. Um, Iron Fist and Blade, which yeah. we don't have enough Blade in the Marvel <laughs> Universe right now, so mm. I was excited about that, too. Um, also, we've got Man-Thing. I mean, this is really just a ragtag mm. bunch of like kind of like, Moon like Knight. M- yeah, darker characters. Um, yeah, yeah. Alyssa uh, Bloodstone mm. is also part of the team. So, um, and they actually refer to them as the um, Midnight um, Suns, which I found interesting because it's kind of random. Yeah. That's an old team that existed in the 90s. Um, but anyway, tell us more about this book. Um, well, it comes after the events in Secret Empire. The Avengers help mourn and honor. The fallen in the rubble of Las Vegas. Doctor Strange arrives to offer a ray of hope. He has regained his expansive powers and resurrects the part of Las Vegas that fell, with its citizens included. Joyous celebration quickly turns to shock and horror when Hotel Inferno, a casino owned and operated by Mephisto himself, arrives on the Vegas Strip to claim souls. This leaves it up to Wong and Bats to put together a team to save the Sorcerer Supreme. 
I love the fact that they're actually going back and kind of like tying up that mm. loose end with what happened with Vegas um, at the end of Secret Empire. And this is um, done by Spencer, who actually did Secret Empire. Mm-hmm. He did the whole Nazi Captain America thing. Um, he's going to be taking over Spider-Man um, in like the next couple months. So I, I enjoy his writing, even though I was a huge fan of, you know, the route that mm-hmm. Secret Empire ended up taking at the end of the book. But I really enjoyed his stuff on Captain America. Um, and, you know, there's bits and pieces that I enjoyed about Secret Empire. Um, the whole Vegas storyline, though, was not one of those <laughs> bits and pieces that I enjoyed about it. Um, they left Vegas kind of decimated. Yeah. Cubic did for I don't even understand the real reasoning behind it. Maybe because they knew they had, they had the story to tell. <laughs> now that I'm seeing that Spencer wrote it. Um, Maybe that's just something he wanted to do. I know. Kind of like putting in place. But it felt like, you know, with Secret Empire... He kind of lost his love for whatever he was writing at that point when he got yeah, through the end of the yeah, story. Yeah, or Marvel just kind of yeah. stopped him from doing like the story that he wanted to tell. Exactly. Because I felt like it was a little, probably going to go a little darker than they wanted to with the Captain America character. Um, but yeah, so I, I was kind of, once I heard the premise of the book and saw the characters that were involved in the mm. book, I picked it up. And... You know, the first issue was good. It felt a little hokey with the whole um, Mephesto, like how they kind of presented the character Mm. um, at points. But I still enjoyed it. But the next two issues, um, I really, really got into. Um, They introduced the whole, like, Midnight Suns and everything. Wong's team, basically this, like, ragtag team of, like, you know, darker characters Mm. that he brings together just because he felt like, you know, they're all, like, these are things that they've seen. You know, right now, um, Mephisto has actually corrupted the Avengers that were there in Vegas at the time mm-hmm. and has turned them into Ghost Riders. You know, I don't know how. <laughs> I didn't know this was a power that he possessed. I guess he could just place the curse on anyone. It's still pretty cool mm-hmm. to see Ghost Rider Thor and <laughs> Ghost Rider Falcon mm-hmm. and everything. Um, but yeah, yeah, so they've got this team of Ghost Riders. Strange is a Ghost Rider. He's been turned into a Ghost Rider character. So now you've got the original Ghost Rider and this kind of ragtag bunch, you know, going up, you know, against, mm. you know, all odds, you know, um, to save Vegas. Um, and the interaction between the characters, it totally has, like, Spencer's, like, dry wit throughout mm. the, um, you know, the, the conversations oh, yeah. and the... The back and forth. The were interactions. Driving me hilarious. They were hilarious. Like um, with uh, Blade and um, Elsa going back and forth. Or Alyssa. Whatever. Bloodstone. Bloodstone, yes. I don't know much. I know her dad. I don't know this character very well. But she's a monster mm. slayer. She's a monster slayer. She has plenty of monsters to slay, but uh, she makes comments about how she never sees any vampires. And he's like, You're welcome. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just because I know how to do my job. <laughs> Which was great. That yes. was an awesome Blade moment, and it made me want more Blade. Mm. Because that's the character that I know and love. That's totally, you know, Spencer nailed that character right then and there. That's his humor right there. Mm. Um, you know, uh, Moon Knight, I enjoyed I yes. enjoyed the, where he he's sitting at the table and they're talking about, like, monsters and a, an insane person. And mm. then Moon Knight, re, you know, turns around. He's like, like, who's the sociopath? Yeah. Like, he's like, which one of us is the crazy one? Yes, yes. So, I mean, that's just, it's it, it's great stuff. It's great. And th- it's those moments that made the last two mm. books for me, really. I mean, we haven't really gotten 
I, I feel like they just got into Vegas where we're at. Oh yeah. In uh, book three, right? Scarlet Spider just pops up. I mean, who they, apparently lives in yeah. Vegas. We mm. forgot to mention Scarlet Spider, um, who um, has been in Amazing Spider-Man this past year, and it is Ben Riley, the original Ben mm. Riley, but he's been driven crazy by um, one of the clones. Uh, by he was resurrected over and over again. So the Ben Riley that everyone knows and love is basically gone insane, and now he's kind of struggling with that. Mm. Um, so it's, this definitely does not address any of that. No, <laughs> no, no. So that's just a little backstory. Mm. So he shows up with a whole lot of weapons, right, <laughs> in Vegas, and he's like, "Well, this is my town." So um, he drives a truck into the Ghost Rider Avengers team. That's right. That's right. The cement truck. Uh huh. So I mean. I don't know. It just seems like a fun book, right? Mm-hmm. You know? I I was kind of disappointed. There's only one more issue left. Yeah. So, and I was surprised. I didn't realize there was as many tie-ins as there are. I guess there's a lot of tie-ins going yeah, on. Yeah, I had no idea other, that was going on. <laughs> right? And I, it doesn't seem like it's affected the main narrative. Like, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. So, we'll see if I feel the same when the next book comes out. But I, I strongly recommend this book to mm-hmm. anyone who's a fan of any of those characters. Because those characters right now aren't really getting much time, you know, on the racks. So, I mean, if you're missing out on Moon Knight, I know Moon Knight has his own book, but, you know, it in like Ghost Rider and, you know, even Dr. Voodoo's in the Avengers stuff, but he's very much a big mm-hmm. player. And especially Blade. Blade does not get anything. Oh. The only character I feel like was underutilized in this book was uh, Iron Fist. I really didn't feel like he had like a Yeah, I don't place. remember much of it. Although I like the comment about like uh, fighting dragons, someone, some character made mm-hmm. <laughs> about it. Like, what, what's your deal? What, you fight dragons? Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> they just um, call him a rich boy. Yes, right? Yeah, no. Great character moments though in this book. So, we're not doing it justice at all, but to pick up this book if you're a fan of these characters, give it a read. I mean, it's the only way we're going to get cool stories like this. You know, if these books do well, Marvel will, you know, actually give us more mm. stuff like this. So, and support Spencer. He had a rough year. <laughs> you know? They gave him Amazing Spider-Man, which is a big book. I mean, that's their biggest book. So, um, you know, that's a huge undertaking. Mm. So they still have faith in him, you know, but I don't know. I feel like that guy's taking a lot of grief. So, I mean, this is definitely, you know, back on track, I feel like, for him. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Vince. And we're from the Nick and Vince Podcast, where we talk about arts, movies, comic books, history, science, really anything pop culture related. But we also have... Well, also we have occasional guests, like podcasters, authors, and comedians. Well, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. You can also like our Facebook page, Nick and Vince Podcast, and follow us on Twitter. And now, back to Christian and Damon's amazing nerd show. Let's talk raw. Let's talk raw. Do we have to? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> what the hell are they doing? I don't know. I don't... What, this was a very weak WrestleMania month show. Like, just across the board from the beginning to the end. It just, I mean, this was not up to snuff at all. What, you didn't enjoy seeing Reigns get beat up again? Oh, my God. And it's not getting over. It's not helping him at all. And if anything, the way that they book things, it means Reigns is definitely winning. (laughs) Yes, and it's so obvious. Mm. The crowd is just shitting all over this. 
It's not making him sympathetic. It, no one's buying that he's going to get destroyed at Mania. Mm. Um, it just really isn't helping the situation at all. If anything, people are getting excited that Brock keeps on coming back and beating the shit out of them. It's exactly. like the Strowman effect. Mm. That's what that's what got Strowman over. So why are you trying to turn Brock more of the heel in this angle by doing what got Strowman over? The formula makes no sense whatsoever. Because they don't see it that way. My God. It just, it's just, I don't know. It's the shits, man. Mm. It really is. Um, and that was like the first like five minutes of the show. Yeah. And that was it. That was the last it, we saw. It was weird either. because even, wasn't Brock the one that came out first, right? He was the one that came out first. And then first. his injured brains come Yes. Back. They had, Heyman had, of course, I mean, Heyman's great on the mic. Had a great promo, putting over the fact that, you know, regardless, Lesnar would show up and everything like that. And right then and there. You know, like he—he he was basically putting it over like how tough Lesnar is. Mm-hmm. You know, if if Lesnar was in Reigns' place, you know he would definitely be there. But Reigns isn't there, and right then and there, you know he's there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but just this whole like convoluted thing, like him walking through the crowd, like we're supposed to believe like he bought a ticket, you know, even though he still has his little Roman Reigns shirt on and everything, and he's limping kind of. Who's the guy that's but- like taking the ticket? By the way, when he comes in. <laughs> And letting him go. Like, aren't you on the poster for the show? <laughs> um, yeah. No, I thought that's actually happening. I, I think, I think came in too, like going back to wrestling, you know, weirdness. Um, I think Heyman kind of talked about like that the fact that they those weren't actual um, U.S. deputies or whatever they were supposed to be, oh, really? state marshals or whatever they're supposed to. That he hired some guys. He kind of hinted at that. I think it was his his way of covering that whole plot hole. You know the fact that Reigns wouldn't just be arrested. Sure. So he it was like a big <laughs> setup on Heyman's like part, whatever. Um, yeah, because I mean, what the fuck? He'd be in jail right now, right? Yeah. Um, but whatever. So anyway. This whole angle's been the shits. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's depressing because I know this is going to be such a featured, you know, match. I mean, I'm sure the match itself is going to be okay, mm. but I just, the outcome is so predictable. I just don't care. And it's sad to almost say that they did it better the first time. Yes. Yeah. You're talking about with Strowman? No, with um, Reigns versus Lesnar. Even even though that was crap. Yeah. Too. I'm just saying the buildup felt at least a little bit more natural than this. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that because I can see what they're doing. I can see what it, mm-hmm. it's too like I don't transparent. It really is to me, um, and I don't like. I feel like a lot of people are falling for it, you know. And I don't know if it's at least that first time, the first few weeks, they were kind of getting into it, and yeah. they loved, you know, Reigns is shooting, and even though I felt it felt very scripted to me at least. I mean, I'm still reading articles where they're saying, you know. Um, Oh, Reigns getting beat up for the second time really makes the crowd wonder, will he actually win at no. Mania? And I'm like, no. Why would that make me feel It anything? might make the 10-year-old in the like third row <laughs> feel that way, but I feel like everyone else knows exactly mm. what's going to happen unless they, you know, completely swerve everyone and have them get decimated. But I don't see what the point of that would be. Um, to make me smile? Yeah. <laughs> we really want to make Christian smile today. <laughs> So I don't know. I don't know. It just it whenever you have a main event, you know, that you can predict a year out. Mm-hmm. Like we were predicting this after Reigns beat Undertaker. Like, yeah. okay, well we know exactly what's gonna happen, you know, next WrestleMania. And that it's just kind of following it, you know, verbatim, like, you know, it's following the script. 
It's just, I don't know, it's bad writing. It doesn't put a weird taste in your mouth saying Reigns beat Undertaker at Mania. Not after, not seeing this Undertaker, though. Like, to me, this isn't the same Undertaker anymore. We could just call this old man Undertaker. (laughs) It's just not the same guy anymore. I don't know. Speaking of Undertaker, we had the whole Cena thing. Yeah. Right? Um, God. I mean, I I hate to start off the whole wrestling (laughs) bitching, but I just didn't buy any of that either. Nope. I just poorly booked. It felt lazy. So Cena is in a match with Kane. Kane came out and it was kind of seemed like, you know, sent by The Undertaker, maybe, um, after Cena's promo last week. Mm. And then they're in a match uh, this week. And, you know, the whole match is like uh, Cena still trying to bait The Undertaker. Um, He did this whole bit where he did a sit-up like The Undertaker, Mm. which the announcers way oversold. You know, like, whoa, I got chills. Look what he's doing. Which is he's annoying when they can't catch a match. Like with um, uh, The New Day, when they were copying all the moves from um, Oh, no, no, yes. It's annoying when they can't see it when a match is happening. But something like this. Because that didn't come from the office. That's the problem. That was the actual talent, yeah. you know. You know, actually, you know, doing a story in the ring. <laughs> where this was Vince telling Cena exactly what to do, mm. you know. Like, you know, try to call out The Undertaker by doing his moves. And it just, it felt so hokey and unbelievable. You know, but I felt like everything Cena's been doing is hokey mm. and just cheesy lately. I'm more so than usual. I mean, the guy knows how to sell, you know, like a promo like this or like, you know, a program like this. And he's just, I feel like he's not fully invested in this. And I don't know why. You know, I just feel like, you know, it doesn't feel like he's taking it seriously. Mm. Um, you know, regardless of him rolling his eyes at the camera at the end and looking ridiculous. Um, I think it's just years past when it should have happened. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This reminds me of um, in the late 90s, Age in the Cage, where they had Piper versus Hogan in WCW. It was like the late 90s and everyone's like, "What? why? Why are you doing this? You know, even though both of those guys were probably still in their, you know, mid 40s, it just felt like, mm. okay, we, we don't need this right now. You know, you're starting to run out of storylines for the NWO already. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it just really, I don't know. It just, I'm not buying it. And then it, it feels like they're just being really lazy with this whole Mania card in general. Because you've got Sasha finally turns on Bailey. You know, I mean, kind of. Bailey's talking shit to her and Sasha just has enough and starts punching her in the face and slams her into, you know, the uh, garage back, the garage door in the back. Um and then you find out that they're just going to be in the Women's Battle Royal. Great payoff. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Like, I don't... Th- that Battle Royal is supposed to be used to make, you know, yeah. new stars. That's what I always felt like it was for. Especially, like, the Andre the Giants, mm-hmm. you know, Battle Royal. Was more for, like, you know, to and put a spotlight on like the stars. And it feels like just going to be wrapped around their story. Yeah. When they could have just... You know, possibly even stolen the show at Mania with a singles match. Mm. You know, and this this card does not have a lot of single matches. Yeah, and right now you only have, besides the women's battle royal, you only have two other women's matches on this card. Yeah, and they're both the championship matches. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it just it's kind of disappointing because I really thought they were going to give them kind of like a blood feud match. Which would have been great to see. You know, they don't need to be fighting over a title in the women's division. Mm. 
Just let them go out there and have a feud. I mean, if there's any two that could really make a huge WrestleMania match, yes, it's these two. Yes, they've had the best women's match I've ever seen. I mean, the top both of the both matches that they had mm. at Takeovers were like at least in my top five of women's matches of all time. So I do not know why you wouldn't give them this stage to perform on. You know, I mean, you know, if you give them a good like twenty five minutes or so. That they could possibly steal the show. So why not give them that? You know, I mean, I don't feel like there aren't matches that they could get rid of on this card. So I was very disappointed to hear that. And then you also have Hardy is just being thrown in the uh, Battle Royal, too. I thought the whole, you know, Bray-Hardy, you know, feud was going to come to a head, you know, at Mania. I know they have him in the whole, you know, he's being resurrected right now. He's going to get repackaged. Was that mentioned like. in the show at all? Yeah, it is. It was. And it, Cole, once again, kind of, you know, shit on it. And it, it, it's definitely part of the story, at least. You okay. know that. Well, that just makes me think that Bray is definitely going to show up in this uh, battle royale. Oh, absolutely. But, like, once again, like, have him show up the week beforehand. Have him in a match. Have him go back. I, I would have... I just wish this match... The whole Hardy Combound thing, the whole Ultimate Deletion thing happened at Mania. Because it just would have been a better Mm. WrestleMania moment than what we're going to end up with. It's not like they don't have time. It's not like it's not a five-hour show. I mean, you could spare the 15 minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, it would have been something memorable at least. You know, like you remember when Hardy got on the mower of lawns? You know, like, I mean, just that moment would have been played back for years. So, I mean... I don't want, like, these battle royals are just clusterfucks half the time. You know, a battle royal that's not, you know, the Royal Rumble is usually just a waste of time. Yeah. I don't even, I think the battle royal last year was on the pre-show. Oh, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if one of these battle royals end up on the pre-show. They're really missing the Money in the Bank match on the card. For years, they were Mm. doing the Money in the Bank matches, or there was always, like, you know, the tag team belts always felt like it was in some sort of ladder match. There was always a ladder match of some sort happening, you know, on a lot of these cards. I think the IC belt was actually, you know, I mean, I don't know what's going on this year. I feel like you're wasting a lot of talent, a lot of deserving talent right now who who deserve the spotlight, that mania spotlight. And they're just kind of being lazy about him throwing them in these battle royals. Because you've got talent like, you know, Ziggler and got a lot of people who just don't have a match right now. A real match, you know, in my mind. My I mean, eyes. unless they're giving all the other matches a considerable amount of time, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I really don't. It feels like lazy booking. You know, they're just kind of phoning this one mm-hmm. in and they're just, you know, hoping that, you know, Nakamura and Styles and Lesnar and Reigns and... Charlotte and Asuka are enough to sell this whole pay-per-view. You know, but when it's four hours, five hours long, mm. and you know half of the wrestling community just watched you know, what New Japan did with Wrestle Kingdom, knowing that, hey, you can do a five-hour you know, pay-per-view and have every match mean something exactly. and put on quality wrestling, it just feels like such a letdown. You know, so, I mean, it, it's very, very disappointing right now. Um, over on SmackDown, we had Rusev joining the United States uh, title match. So now it's going to be a four-way. Um, I'm happy that Rusev is in a match because mm-hmm. I felt like he was going to be another another one who's going to be stuck in a do battle you think, royal. Um, do you think that they will, you know, 
go full Rusev day and have him actually win. That'd be a huge moment. I hope so. I really do. Because he's kind of like right now booking wise, like what's been happening. Not, you know, crowd wise, crowd reaction wise. He's the most over in this match. Honestly, Um, he's getting, you know, chance in other people's matches. Mm. So I'm hoping that they, you know, pull the trigger and give him his moment. I think, you know, send the crowd home happy. At least they have that moment, you know. And it wouldn't be a Zack Ryder thing. You know, like Zack Ryder won the IC title. I hope those... to God it's not. Wasn't it the U.S. title? Was it the U.S. title or was it the I IC? It didn't matter because it, it was over the next day. I think it was the IC because Miz ended up yeah. winning it the next day. Yeah. So one of Miz's many, you know, title reigns. With the, I was uh... so upset that <laughs> after that match. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was another random thing where it felt like Ryder was kind of just thrown in the match. Mm-hmm. Where at least this makes sense. This feels a little more organic because of, you know, Rusev has been so over. So, I mean, Ryder, at the time, was barely on TV. Yeah. So it made, it was out of nowhere. And they made this whole random story where it's like, I did it for my dad who was there in the crowd. Yeah. It's just like, like what? why don't you just build up to that? We've seen your dad in the crowd plenty other shows. Exactly. So, whatever. But anyway. Um, yeah, no. I, I So I'm happy that Rusev is at least getting, you know, in a match in Mania. You know, exactly. it's not just yeah. going to be a battle royal. It's not going to be pre-show. At least we don't think... It's going to be pre-show. I, you I never know. This match on the actual card. The only thing I think that saves it from not being pre-show is Randy Orton being on it, mm. honestly. Unless Orton's just like, I, I, got, I got places to go. Uh-huh. <laughs> Put me on the pre-show, I don't care. I can't imagine that bitch fit. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was on pre-show. Yeah, no. No, unless he just doesn't care. And yeah. sometimes I feel like Randy just doesn't care. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that's pretty much. Then we've got um, Daniel Bryan came out on SmackDown. And he made the announcement that even though Shane seems to be legitimately hurt, and the rumor today, we're, we're recording on Tuesday, was that Shane was out of the WrestleMania match. Meltzer was reporting this, that they're going to have to find a, a replacement. They're scrambling, figuring out who it is. Rumors were flying around. People were saying Ziggler. People were saying Rusev, apparently. Um, Daniel Bryan came out, and he mentioned that Shane was hurt and that he was hospitalized over the weekend, but... He's still making a match between um, him and Sh- well, it's him and Shane teaming, uh, going against Zayn and Owens. I mean, he phrased it in a way where it's just like, "I think he'll be ready." Yeah. So maybe like <laughs> they can throw it out next week. He's not actually going to be ready. But but why even do that if he's not ready? He's not ready. Storyline wise, it makes no sense. Who knows? Talk about crappy booking, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> At least start the story now of him looking <sighs> for a partner. I mean. I still don't necessarily buy him. Like, I'm going to give them another shot. You oh, know? Yeah. Even though I just fired him and they beat the crap out of me. Like, it, it, I could at least buy, like, oh, I want to get my hands on these guys. Exactly. I was going to say that. I was like, they could have it where it's, I'm just bringing him in this match so that we can fight, but they're still going to be fired afterwards. Yeah. You know? Like, I'm not done with them. Exactly. You know? I could do that. And then, I mean, yeah, they're fired from SmackDown, but they'll end up on Raw. So the stipulation is, though, whoever, right? Like, yeah, if they win if they the win, match... they get to stay on SmackDown. If they lose, they're still fired. Okay. Do we see a swerve happening here? Do we feel like Shane's going to end up, for some reason, siding with them? <coughs> Taking out Daniel Bryan. Like, some, I mean, for some convoluted reason, he blames Daniel Bryan for all this. I, I would like it if it was even the opposite. I would like it if Daniel Bryan was the one that turned on Shane. He's too over. I know. I know. I, I see what you're saying. It'd be cool. And I would love it. But, you know, yeah, the heel in moment. me 
would love that moment, but I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, people have been going absolutely ape shit with the fact that he's cleared now. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, I don't see that. But I mean, that would be awesome. That would be awesome to have like a, a whole like faction of, you know, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn together just running roughshod over like SmackDown. That'd be badass. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think you were saying last episode that you don't see Daniel Bryan staying on SmackDown for very long. No, no. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it'd just be too weird of a dynamic. I mean, it'd be an interesting storyline, but I mean, to have him like being like the former GM, because I don't think he's going to be a GM oh, yeah. much longer. Where I, mean, I, could, I, I was actually surprised where he didn't say, you know, I'll put up my, you know, job, my career, you know, like my GM role. That would be a nice grabs. little thing because I feel like they might lose. I feel like there's a good chance that. Oh, if they did. Yeah. 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 I still with them with Owens and Zane's career being online. I feel like they're going to lose. You know, I do feel that way unless they just, you know, I mean, they could just hire him the next night over at Raw. But yeah. You know, which would happen right away, or they'll just undo it somehow. I mean, they undo the whole, was it like a couple years ago where it was like Shane and Undertaker in the Hell in the Cell, and Shane was going to be fired the next day? Yeah, or and if he, he wasn't. He got, actually, didn't he get a job? He got promoted, <laughs> yeah, to GM or whatever they're calling Commissioner, him. Commissioner, um of SmackDown, yeah, right? Um, just because he jumped off the cell, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, Vince does whatever he wants, yeah. and no one cares. <laughs> People are just happy that Shane was still around. Whatever storylines, who needs them, right? <laughs> um, was there anything else on SmackDown? I don't think so. Right? Nothing huge. Charlotte was taken out of the mixed match challenge tonight, and people start freaking out about it um, due to injury. They were saying that was the first initial report. Um, but then it ends up that Charlotte actually had dental surgery um, today. So she has like some infection or something like that. So she had to get something done. Yeah. So that's the only reason why she wasn't. Well, I can understand why people like, you know, due to injury, mm-hmm. what the hell? Um, you know, especially like a week and a half out from exactly. WrestleMania. That's probably one of the third biggest match exactly. on the card. If not, you know, the second biggest match on the card um, in my eyes, at least. So that's a little scary, but, you know, thankfully she seems to be okay, knock on wood. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much it WWE-wise. Um, is there anything else you want to cover? No. So I got something. I got a question oh. for you. What Undertaker do you think you're getting at Mania? Do you think we're getting... Did we talk about this already? I mentioned that I wanted it to be American Badass. Do you think you're getting American Badass? At this point, I don't. Just because it's so, like, there's I mean, only a week for him to, de- like, re-debut mm-hmm. or show up. I mean, they've had, like, teasing-type items with WWE lately. Like, they've showed him more as the American Badass on their, like, website on Facebook yeah. and stuff like that. But, I don't know. And Kid Rock's there. Yeah. So he can do the little song. Although, he came out to Limp Bizkit after a while, I believe. Yeah. So, but, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's just going to be lazy. Well, not technically lazy, but I feel like they're just going to throw a hat on him, let him go yeah. out. And he did come out during Raw 25 with yes. the Undertaker get-up on. But, I mean... The original Dead Man get-up. So, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I would not be surprised if he got American Badass. You know? But they would have to introduce that, because I think the crowd would be kind of confused if he just showed up on the bike. I mean, you just have Cena do a promo next week. About, um, you know, it's like, this isn't Cena, t- uh, John Cena talking to Undertaker. This is John Cena talking, talking to, to Mark Calloway. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just shows up. Yeah, exactly. Okay. 
Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. It's not happening, but I could see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, way well more written than anything, yeah. you know, you know, that they would thank put together. You, so, <laughs> it's not saying much, Christian. <laughs> my daughter, my three-year-old daughter can write some of this stuff. So, but yeah. Way too well written. Um, so, but yeah, that's it. Uh, let's talk Let's talk some real wrestling. Yeah, Damon, do you like tag team wrestling? <laughs> we got a lot of it, right? Over at New Japan, who yes. actually was uh, stateside. They're in San Diego, right? Yep, for Strong Style Evolved. Yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead and let's jump into this card. Um, it was a good strong nine matches. It was pretty awesome because it actually aired live on Access TV. And I did not know. I have uh, New Japan World, you know, the streaming mm. service. So I thought I was going to be watching it, you know, through that. Yeah, uh, I heard that it was only video on demand for the actual service, right? Really, was for it? For in U.S.? I don't know. Also, my DVR had a strong style. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, nice. So it started recording right at 7 o'clock on Sunday. I was like, this is awesome. Mm. Um, and it was the full show. So, I mean, they did that last year, I believe, um, at least with the first night. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. That's that's really cool. Um, but, yeah, let's jump into the card, right? Um, first match, right? Yep, Rapungi 3K versus SoCal Uncensored. I knew nothing about SoCal <laughs> Uncensored. I mean, I know Christopher Daniels. I know Frankie Kazarian. I do not know Scorpio Sky. You know, and I mean, I'll be saying this throughout the match. I, we mispronounce names. Don't Jim Ross us, okay? Don't attack us. All right. We dabble in New Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, we are definitely fans, though. Yes. Um, and becoming bigger fans as the day goes on. And as as uh, long as we keep on getting this shitty WWE booking, you know, that might be the only thing I watch soon. But, um, yeah. So, Rapungi 3K... Um, I became a fan during Wrestle Kingdom of theirs, and they did not disappoint for me in this match. Um, I really, I really think Sho has a huge future. I really do. I think that's the star of the team right there. Hmm. Um, he just looks awesome, you know, and he's just crisp. Everything he does in the ring is fantastic. So, um, what did you think of the match overall? I mean, it was a good starter. This didn't really do too much for me. I, I don't know. I wasn't really invested in either team at that point. I yeah. Was just like... Yeah, I didn't really know what the storyline is, and they yeah. didn't really put over the storyline mm-hmm. at all. Um, and I don't know if that's just due to, like, the announcers not necessarily knowing no exactly what's going on, you know? And that's not to shit on mm. them, but... You know, but it it just definitely felt like, you know, it was just kind of like, okay, well, this will be a good match, yeah. you know. And it was, it was, because Aaron seemed like he got hurt. I don't know if they were trying to play it off. There was like kind of a little like botch spot there. Um, but he seemed to be okay at the end of the match. Mm. But uh, Rapungi ended up going over. So, which is the As way they it should. should. Yes, exactly. <laughs> They're definitely a, an up and coming team. Yes. Um like I said, and I really, once again, I'll say this show. I feel like in a couple of years we'll be talking about him like being in like the main events, you know, one of these big events. Definitely. So, um, so what do we got next? Uh, Taguchi Japan versus Chaos. Uh, that's Juice Robinson and David Finley versus uh, Goto and Gito or uh, Gato. Gato, yeah, Gato, Gato, not Ghetto. Gato, <laughs> Gato. So another tag match, and we've got a lot of tag matches yes. happening, you know, in this event. I mean, 
clinics all around, but... Pretty much. I mean, this is definitely the New Japan thing, mm. though. They they do a lot of tag matches, it seems like. Um, you know, I this match didn't do much for me. Um, I'm not a huge David Finley fan. Mm. I like Juice. I definitely like Juice. I like I like uh, Goto. Um, Gato's confusing to me. I don't understand Chaos. Yeah. At all. So it. I don't know. It just seems like I, you know, they just throw people. They're literally in chaos. <laughs> <laughs> they are literally chaos. Like it doesn't seem like there's yeah, faces I, and heels and in betweeners, and you can't see any of these guys hanging out together. It's the main faction that I don't understand, especially when you have the leader of it with the title. It's just kind of I don't get what their what their game is, what their plans are, what they they have any kind of storyline behind them. And then Gato, who's like actually like. I don't know if he's like the head booker or whatever, but like behind the scenes, he's like a straight heel, and he's with uh, Goto, who's a straight baby face. Mm. So I just felt like a Styles clash in the ring. You know, it just didn't make much sense. And then Goto, who's a fantastic wrestler, mm. I felt like kind of got like lost in the shuffle in this match. Um, I mean, he definitely had more of the highlights that I thought. Really? I just, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I felt like he just didn't have any personality mm. whatsoever. It's not his fault. I mean, he's in there with Juice Robinson, who's like, you know, yeah. strutting <laughs> around and, you know, Ghetto's, you know, being like a classic heel in the ring and everything. Mm. I mean, he definitely had a few moments where, you know, they, they were getting a little stiff, but, yeah. you know. Because um, yeah. Goto was the one that got busted open, correct? Yes, yes. yes. Juice, Juice. Got caught him good, and it didn't seem like you know he meant to get him that mm. good. Maybe <laughs> he seemed a little worried afterwards. So, um, but you know, it, it was a good match, but it just I don't yeah. know. Uh, Taguchi Japan was the one that came out with the victory. Yes, that's yeah. right, and it, I was actually surprised that Finley got the pin in that match. But as we'll see, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little foreshadowing. I guess I shouldn't have been that surprised. <laughs> so, um, just kind of felt like out of nowhere. But whatever. I think my, my favorite part was when they were leaving uh, Taguchi, Japan. Uh, Juice Robinson uh, got a nice pour of beer into his mouth and he's leaving. He's like, don't worry, guys. I'm 21. <laughs> Walked out. <laughs> Do you think WWE is like, just kicking themselves over Juice? I, I feel like Vince doesn't even remember who he is. I know Vince doesn't, but I feel like... Because it was obviously Vince probably didn't make the call to let hmm. him go. You know, but like NXT, like all the people in the back. I don't know. I mean, he's like, definitely, he, as soon as he went I over to New think, Japan, he kind of went I over real fast. I believe he asked for his release, too. I think it was a case where like, he just felt like they weren't doing much with him. Because I remember him on NXT and just being like, whatever, what is this guy? But now seeing what, you know, what New Japan's doing mm-hmm. with him and, you know. He made the right call. How awesome. Yeah, right. I mean, how awesome he is in the ring. I mean, he's really being, he's being allowed to shine, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, so I... I don't know. I'm excited to see. It seems like, you know, sky's the limit for that guy. Really. And he definitely came out. He seems a little more flamboyant oh, than yeah. last time I saw him. His whole getup. He he just gets more and more. He had, like, superstar Billy Graham, like, <laughs> pants on. Um, you know, which is awesome. I, I enjoyed that. So, but, I don't know. Let's move on to the next match. We got Killer Elite Squad, Lance Archer, and Davey Boy Smith um, going against Chaos again. Yes. Yano and Chucky e. T. Um... Yeah, I had a lot of problems with this match, just in general. Just like um, a lot of the work with Chucky e. T seemed to be like just botch heavy. 
he constantly looked like he was missing his times for a lot of things. It felt like a styles clash between yeah. between the two teams. You know, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> it just didn't feel like you know you got this this team of killers literally. Mm-hmm. Um, who sh- it just felt like they should have decimated this team. And it, this team is definitely more um, the chaos team of Yano and Chucky T are more of a comic based team. Mm. <laughs> so I just I, it just didn't really equate yeah. to me. Um, just kind of. I know a mismatch. I mean, I love when Yano's in the ring. He's really fun. He's a good, like, a comedic wrestler. But it just didn't, definitely did not fit with Killer Elite's uh, style. Yeah. Yeah. I almost expected, when I saw this match, I expected it to be just kind of a squash match. Mm. Especially after seeing them almost take out, um, was it LIJ? Yeah. Where they, like, right? Wrestle Kingdom. They, they, like, like, you really, I thought they were going to win that match with them first, Mm. like, you know. Five minutes of that, you know, yeah, they end up losing the two main like heavy hitters of Lij. Yeah, I mean, like, and they, and they decimated them mm-hmm. that first like five minutes. Where it's like, holy crap, they're really putting these guys over. Um, but this was not that. And that, really enough, this is our second longest match so far as as we're going down the card. Yeah, yeah. But it felt so weirdly slow and like forced and like just I don't know. Just, I was surprised how over Yano was with the, oh. the crowd too. <laughs> The U.S. crowd really enjoyed him. Yeah, he's he's just a fun character, and you never know what you're gonna get with him either. He like will just randomly win big matches because he from a low blow out of nowhere. Uh huh. It's just well, I, the one match that I enjoyed was the match that he had with Omega. Um, at, I, I believe it was before Wrestle Kingdom. It was yeah, was it that was that. at uh, was it at G One or I think that? it was a G One match. Okay. I believe so. Um, just a really fun match, and I know a lot of people were pissed off about that match, but it shows that you know Omega can wrestle any style, mm. and that was kind of his style in the beginning too. He did a lot of the comedy stuff, so. Um, but yeah, no, I yeah, I could I could have you know passed on this match though <laughs> overall. So, but yeah, so then uh, we're moving on to the Bullet Club. Got a little Civil War action. Here. That's right, uh, Cody and Marty. Going up against the Gorillas of Destiny, G-O-D. Mm-hmm. Um, and the story behind this was the office book this match, it seemed like. This yeah. was not like there was like a... You know, I mean, we've got the tension, obviously, in the Bullet Club. But it felt like, you know, we're being forced to fight, you know. And, you know, we don't think that's right. Cody got on the mm-hmm. mic. Classic heel stuff from Cody. Um, just completely, you know, working the crowd. You know, getting them to boo. Um, cause he's definitely, he could be one of those, you know, cool guy heels, but you know, he definitely chooses oh, not yeah. to be, he's a pure heel, which I love. Um, and then, you know, Marty, every time he touches the mic, the crowd cheers, they go back and forth, totally working it. Just really, really great stuff going on. Um, yeah. And I mean, this was, it was, it was, a, it was oh, I guess it was as long as the other matches. It was mm. a good 10 minutes. Um, but I wish this match would have gone a little longer. I could have, you know, done with another oh, yeah. five minutes of this match. Um, you know, it was still a fun match. Um, storyline wise, I love Marty <laughs> at first, like siding with the G.O.D. Oh yeah. You know, at the and beginning, kind of, yes. he was flipping off, uh, Cody and everything. Yeah. Screaming at Cody <laughs> and everything. But then he turns on them right away. And I feel like he basically did that. So the crowd wouldn't cheer him too much during the match. You know, I feel like that was him kind of working the crowd. Like, okay, well, I'm way over here. I don't want to be that over. Mm. I want G.O.D. to, you know, kind of shine here. So it was kind of his way of, you know, getting the crowd, you know, against him. 
um, you know, which is classic heel, which, you know, he is, you mm. know, when he wants to be, you know, but I mean, and we see him, you know, he shows up later on spoilers and he is a classic heel, you know, later. So, um, but yeah, this was just a fun match. Um, and I feel like Cody's really at the height of his game right yeah, now, it's... heel wise. I mean, he's probably one of the biggest heels in the industry at this point. So, um, but yeah. Fun match and everything like that. And I really want to see more of the G.O.D. I don't have... I have very little ex- like exposure to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just kind of seem like that kind of tag team. I want I more would... face paint. Yeah. Yeah, that's when they're the most badass, right? When they get uh, the full face paint on. Um, yeah. Yeah, I want but, that Tonga I mean, I look, at, um, I look at G.O.D. And I'm like... And how, how they're interacting with either both sides. And I'm kind of like... I kind of wonder if there's any kind of cool storyline where they could almost even become leaders at this point well and then what's his name is like he's the original like one of the originals Mm -hmm. guys the only original left of the bullet club because it only makes sense but it just doesn't seem to be his you know style to be like a leader right like he just doesn't give a shit (laughs) you know um but yeah it would make sense right Mm. um i don't know if they go that route i don't know if new japan wants to push it like that because bullet club is such a big faction and you know regardless of the way they see them you know they know how over they are and how much money they make for them so i mean you know they'd have to really get behind Mm. tonga to do that i mean we'll get into it more later with especially with cody because i just i have ideas and thoughts all right well i want to hear them i want to hear them so um, where are we at now? We're match uh, number five. Yes, LIJ going up against uh, Taguchi Japan. All right. All right. How do you feel about this match? I liked it. <laughs> I thought it was good. I just, I don't know. I want um, NATO to be kind of like featured yeah. in more of a... Like, this, I mean, for me, this felt very clusterfucky. Like, there was just stuff going on constantly. Like, members switching in and out of the ring all over the yeah. place. I couldn't kind of follow it at certain points where I'm like, is this person just being a manager at this moment? Is he actually in the ring? Oh, is you're it... actually forgetting who was in the match? Yeah. Okay, I like, got gotcha. It was weird for me. Okay. Um, It was okay match-wise, but I just, once again, like, it's a lot of tag matches mm-hmm. happening here. And, you know, I know that they're assuming that the audience kind of knows these characters and everything like that mm. but this i feel like would have been really the show to feature like naito and like you know his whole journey and everything give him like a big match you know and maybe you want them to subscribe to the channel and you just want to kind of give them a little taste mm. but um i don't know i don't know it just it felt like a, mi- a misuse of the of um the characters in this faction so, because this faction is so over, I, I mean, it, I feel like they're more over in some ways than Bullet Club is. I feel like they've got this like underground thing going mm. for them, at least in the States. I know they're huge over in Japan. Um, but yeah, I mean, I see as many like LIJ shirts right now as I see Bullet Club shirts yes. popping up. So they're um, way over. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like here in the States, let's feature, you know, Naito, you know, the leader in an actual like singles match. It doesn't have to be a huge high profile match, mm. but let's get a vibe from. And I was expecting Jericho to show up. <laughs> right. Because I mean, where we were, we left off yes. was with Jericho. But I feel like they've dropped that completely at this point. I don't know if they're. Do you think it's just a contract thing? Or do you think they're well, saving? Because he's, isn't he on tour? He didn't have a date, though. 
So, and maybe, you know, he's across the, the world or something like that. Yeah. But it just felt like kind of like a good opportunity to have him do another run-in or something mm. like that. Um, the rumor was that he was going, they were actually going to have that match at this card, on this card, um, which would make sense mm. since they're in the States. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. It just, I don't know. I, I hope it's not dropped. I hope it's something that they come back to. I mean, they did announce that in July that they're, they're going to be coming back um, to San Francisco. So at the Cow Palace, actually, which I don't, I don't remember the last time there was a wrestling event at the Cow Palace, but it used to be a huge venue back in the day mm. for wrestling. It's a bigger venue. So they sold out this um, yes, card. in like two in, hours. Right? Yes. I think less. I think it was less than two hours, oh, okay. um, which was very impressive for them. I'm not surprised by it. I don't, it seems like they're a little hesitant, um, mm. especially seeing the venue that they booked last year, you know, where there wasn't even stadium seating, mm. which is insane. Um, this was definitely a bigger venue, but I felt like they could have gone bigger. So I'm hoping that. You know, once they, I, I feel like they'll sell the Cow Palace. I just, I feel like a lot of people are at this show, will go to that show, you know, and a lot of people will travel for mm. that show. So, um, you know, once they go that route, they'll see that they, you know, test the market even more and, mm. you know, go bigger and do more shows in the States, you know, because well, we've got a market for it. Ex- oh, absolutely. There's a market right now because there's a lot of disgruntled fans like us mm. you know, <laughs> who actually want to see real wrestling. So, um, but yeah, so maybe at the Cow Palace, though, maybe we get Jericho, you know? I mean, that's July, so you got a couple months to build there. So, that's just me hoping. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they'll wait, maybe even wait till next year with the G1 USA, but I don't know. I, I just, I don't see Jericho. Why would you have him jump, N- Naito, if you're not moving forward with it? The only thing that I could see them stop, the only reason I could see them not doing it is because something fell through contract-wise. Because otherwise, you're not going to have him jump Naito and not go anywhere with it. I just, I, for some reason, it's I not New Japan style. style. Well, I guess, I know. That's just not I'm, New I'm Japan. I'm too much in uh, WWE, yeah. huh? Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're too much in Vince's head right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just, I want to see more with Naito, but I don't know what they're... I'm just so, like, down after his loss to uh-huh. at this point. I just don't know where they're And going. I feel like they haven't been booking him very strong lately. No. And I don't understand why. It's like it's like they really like just jumped him back down. And I don't know what's going on with Okada at this in the future. Like who is going to be his main like antagonist going on? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it seemed like it, it, Naito would be the guy. It felt like Rock and Austin, you know, all over again. That's what the way like character wise that it felt like, you mm. know, you had two different, you know, sides of the spectrum, you know, going at it. Um, so it'd be disappointing if that's not the route they're going. So, um, you know, I definitely saw those guys trading the belt back and forth mm. for a while. So that is disappointing. But who knows? You know, maybe he catches fire again and they get behind him. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but yeah. So, but I don't know. The match itself, eh. Wasn't it wasn't great. the greatest. It was still fun to watch Lij beat up all the people I don't like. Yeah. So. You know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So next match. Uh, well, first we had Ray come out and apologize. Yes, which I was surprised by. Mm. I did not know Ray was going to be there and everything, especially with all the rumors, you know, swirling around him right now that he might be signing with WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, and that made me definitely question all that because the fact that he was there and everything. And I was, I was kind of thinking, okay, well, maybe he's just doing a solid and he wants to, you know, show that, you know, I'm still committed. I can't go, but I'll still show up. 
Um, but it was unannounced. Yes. You know, they didn't advertise that he was going to be actually, you know, there. Um, but it was a nice aspect to this whole match, you know, that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, but he get, did get on the mic and everything and apologize to the crowd. promised that he might fight Liger later on. Yeah. Oh, and at the end of the match, we definitely feel mm-hmm. like it definitely seemed like they're going that route. So, um, but yeah, so we had Will Ospreay um, going against uh, Juice and Thunder Liger. The man who does not age somehow. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to replace Rey Mysterio with anyone, Will Ospreay's not a bad... No, not at all, <laughs> right? I'm, and I'm surprised... I don't know who Ospreay... Who's Ospreay supposed to be uh, going against in this card? Like, was he not on this card at all? I feel like he had a match before, but I don't Did remember. Did he? Okay, yeah, because that seemed a little weird. I was like, mm. wait a second, Ospreay's not on this match? Um, but yeah, so this this was a surprise for me. I... I re- Liger can just go, man. I mean, the fact that he was going toe to toe with Osprey, like he does. I mean, the guy's in his fifties. Yeah, it's amazing. That's am- unless there's just someone else underneath <laughs> that mask. I, it's very um, possible, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a full body suit. But he's mm. definitely got a distinctive body type. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I th- this match. I mean, and I know Osprey is going to put on a fucking awesome match, mm. no matter. He can wrestle a broomstick, but I mean. I'd like to see that match. Yeah, I'm sure he could. <laughs> I think Omega literally wrestled the broomstick. Oh yeah, uh, stick in uh some um, other... DDT Pro. Yes, yes. Yeah, they. Uh, I think the broomstick almost won a title. Once. Yes. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> that sounds like something McMahon would book. Oh. Um, but yeah. So uh, yeah, this was this was actually one of the highlights of the whole show for me. I really enjoyed mm. this match. Crisp, um, great execution, and Liger just being able to go at the age of 50, man. That guy is ageless. Um, you know, and I, I really enjoyed at the end. I mean, Osprey won, and he's beaten Liger, like, God, I want to say, like, four times now. Like, every time that he's faced him. And it's the way it should be. Liger's hmm. on his way out and everything. Put the young kid over and everything. But it does seem weird that, you know, it's that many times. Um, like, Maybe a no decision or something in there. Yeah, Osprey has a title, right? Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's um, the, the junior. Yes, 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 yes. And we we actually had um, Osprey get on the mic and right make a challenge to Mysterio. Gotcha. In this, mm-hmm. so he he came out and he he ended up challenging Mysterio, and that while he you know was honored to see him there and everything like that. He was kind of put back by the fact that, you know, he was the fill-in. And then Marty shows up, hits him with the umbrella in the back to Will. Yes. And uh, Ray, being, you know, the good guy here, tries to jump on the Always the, the good guy. Uh, Marty pulls off his mask, and it's a quick... Awesome. <laughs> Classic heel. Good old villain. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, to me, it seems like Mysterio is definitely going to be showing up in New Japan yes. soon once he's healed. Mm. Um, and that makes me think he's not going to WWE. You know, I unless unless he's got that, you know, that Vince okay, that, you know, that pass that <laughs> mm-hmm. Vince gave Jericho. Um, it definitely feels like all those rumors might be false. Or they just fell through at this point. You know, because I don't see Mysterio working New Japan like this or using them as like a bargaining chip. Mm. Some people are kind of speculating that he might be, you know, kind of, you know, working the contract because he's supposed to be in negotiations and everything. Um, but he just doesn't seem like that kind of guy, you know, and maybe I'm just a mark. <laughs> <laughs> Not Ray Ray. Um, you know, I don't feel like he would like have them kind of start an angle without, 
you know, him knowing that he's going to be wrestling for them mm. in the near future. So, yeah, pretty cool, though. I, I enjoyed that angle, definitely. So, um, and I like that Marty just all of a sudden popped up back yeah. into it. <laughs> he has a taste for the title, as they were saying. That's right. That's right. And that's who Osprey uh, beat, finally, mm-hmm. at, you know, Wrestle Kingdom. So it only makes sense, story-wise. So, all right. Well, let's move on to match number seven. Yes, Suzuki Gun versus Chaos. That's uh, Suzuki himself and Zack Sabre Jr. going up against Okada and Ishii. All right. This was a good match. Yes. I did enjoy it. Um, You know, I, once again, I think it's another tag match. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely would have liked to see Okada. There's only two singles matches, correct? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I would have liked to see Okada kind of featured, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I get it, you know, and I, I feel like this makes more sense for him not to be in a singles match because then, you know, the championship's not on the line mm-hmm. and, you know, why go through the motions, you know, a tag match is, you know, works, you know, especially since he's supposed to be going against Sabre in the upcoming next week, right? Next week, right? Okay. What's the event called? Uh, Sakura Genesis. Okay. So, I mean, that's coming soon. Uh, Sabre won the New Japan Cup. Mm. Correct. Um, and he's in full heel mode here. Oh yeah. You know he's stretching people and you know mocking them and yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I I enjoyed this match though. I did. I did. Um, I'm gonna say something a little controversial. I I just <laughs> I have a hard time with Saber Junior. Just because he looks like you know your classic high school like swimmer. Like mm. I just. Don't buy half the things he's doing. He's a great worker. He's just so lean and so like thin. It doesn't help that he's so slippery too. Yeah, like I just, <laughs> just I don't know, man. It really, it's hard for me to you know buy that he would be going toe to toe with someone like Okada mm. or like half of the roster for that matter. Um, but you know, I mean, he's technically just fantastic, you know, and I love the heel aspect of his character. Oh yeah. You know? Uh, his heel work with Suzuki gun so far has been like completely not what I expected from the character when you go back a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And no, and he fits perfectly mm-hmm. in there. You know, he really does. He fits like a, that kind of like shooter style, um, you know, and he's just stretching people and mm-hmm. mocking them and, you know, it, it, it it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see. I was really surprised, you know, um, Suzuki Gun goes over here. Um, Saber makes um, Ishii uh, submit. Yeah. Which I was surprised by. Ishii just doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would well, submit. I mean, that's his whole gimmick is like he is so tough that he's like going, like especially like yeah. that's Suzuki and Ishii's gimmicks. They're just these now, Ross, Ross seemed to sell it um, on the uh, English commentary like he didn't like submit that like it was yeah, the ref he said they never tapped it was the ref it was the ref's call mm. but it looked like the ref went up to him said something and then he like kind of shook his head that's what it looked like to me like he actually mm. submitted um but i don't know and I, I don't know if that was ross going to business you know for ishii trying to protect his character you know being the smart you know wrestling guy like why the hell would you have ishii you know submit you know kind of kind of ruins his character a little bit um but you know, whatever. So that that was interesting to me. But, I mean, this was a fun match overall. Mm-hmm. I love watching Suzuki work. I, he's such a crazy-looking guy. Yeah. 
whatever he does. It's just so fun to watch. Uh huh. He's scary. Mm-hmm. He's legitimately scary, right? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it is it is fun, and it seems like everything he does is legit in the ring. Mm-hmm. You know, it, everything he does makes sense, um, and everything seems real with him. So, and I enjoy that kind of wrestler. You know, I enjoy that. It's kind of a throwback. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm definitely becoming a fan. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, and yeah, we're moving on to the eighth match already, right? Yep. We had Jay White going up against Hangman Page. What did you think? I thought it was a good match. I enjoyed this match. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually enjoyed this Jay White match more than I enjoyed his uh, Russell Kingdom showing. Definitely, I definitely like this way more. Um, I thought he was going nuts for those suplexes throughout the entire match. I'm like, is he trying to be Brock Lesnar here? But uh-huh. I, I enjoy suplexes, <laughs> so I could give it. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm my a, God, a, I'm a, <laughs> they're a little dangerous. They're yes. a little dangerous at times. It seemed like they're kind of throwing caution out the window. But, I mean, I'm a fan of Angle. I'm a fan of Benoit, you know, mm. or was a fan of Benoit. Um, so, I, I enjoy a good suplex, you know. So, I mean, he definitely had I a know, bunch. but just the amount of times Hangman Page was getting his head just dropped onto the mat. Yes. And I know this was a huge match for him, but he mm. kind of was like, I'm throwing everything out there, right? Mm. Didn't it feel like that? They're yeah. like, this is it. We're going. We're going for <laughs> broke here. Um, yeah, and I really, I felt like I finally saw something out of hangman page that i haven't seen before like i really enjoyed page in this match and i kind of like okay like i, I can get behind him because mm-hmm. he seems very like vanilla to me um in the past in the ring but he was definitely not vanilla you know in this match i mean he was going for broke like i said i mean the uh shooting star press off the apron that yeah he fucking hit wow wow and thank god he caught him but with yes. his shoulder because <laughs> that was that was a scary moment, um, but yeah, I enjoyed this match. I really did. I re- I did enjoy this match, and it was one of the only like single matches mm. we had, one on one matches. So, um, but yeah, no, I thought this was a good match. I definitely, you know, got both characters got more over with me, you know, in this good because I I definitely have always liked Hangman Page, but he has been a little bit. And I for the last couple of years. I'm new. I'm new to the character, and he's relatively young, mm-hmm. so I haven't seen that much of him. And I feel like he gets overshadowed a lot. So I mean, a lot of his story right now is just that he's trying to break out. Yes, and this match definitely carried that story along, mm-hmm. you know, and progressed it. So, um, yeah, no, I, I definitely, I don't, I, I definitely, I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. by this match. Now at the end of this match. Uh, David Finley showed up. Yep. Uh, you know, Jay what? White uh, won. Yes, that? which was no surprise mm. with how behind. Like, I'm still not behind on White's, you know, or behind uh, White's gimmick at all, you know. Um, but it seems like New Japan loves this guy, mm. so I wasn't surprised at all that he won and he went over here. But, um, yeah, all of a sudden he's uh, jumped by David Finley, which I forgot that they were tag partners at one point. Um, so I guess that's kind of the storyline <laughs> that they're going for. I guess. Um, it's a classic New Japan. Yeah, I guess. I just, I'm not fully invested or believe in, you know, David Finley right Being now. Being a singles champion, yeah. Yeah, or even challenging for that belt. Um, I don't know how much sense, besides the fact that they had that former relationship mm. together, you know, how much sense it makes. But, you know, I, I guess, whatever. You know, maybe they'll surprise me. Like... They just did, right? Mm. So, um, yeah, but they, 
I don't know if that's a New Japan thing where, like, you know, a challenger gets defeated and they go right into, you know, the next match and right into the next angle where it seems like Paige did the same thing, Mm -hmm. right? Where he defeats Omega and then Paige shows up and kind of gets in his face. Oh, yeah, right away. Yeah, right away. I was like, do they not do rematches in New Japan? (laughs) (laughs) Is that not a thing? But maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still learning here, people. So, but um, solid match. Solid match overall. So, uh, we're on to the main event. Yep. A seriously tag team classic. Yes, I agree 100%. I... This was a clinic <laughs> not only in wrestling, but in storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, this was a great story through and through. Um, there wasn't a moment where they didn't, you know, remind you of what the story was. Yes. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. What were some of your highlights of the match? I mean, I loved everything that Nick was doing where he kept coming up to Kenny and saying, hit me, you know, this is what you want, this is what you've been doing to us, kind of. The story that he just kept presenting over and over again. Though, I thought the third time he did it was a little bit too many times. Uh Uh-huh. But it was still there, and I liked how much there was that constant back and forth between, are they going to go all the way with this? Are they going to break that level and really fight this out for a little while there? And then and then it just broke loose. You could definitely see the hesitation mm. with Omega, you know, and he was definitely selling that. The, like, uh, the craziest spot, though, was with the, um, the like, the successions of moonsaults between, uh, the, with the Golden Lovers. When, uh, I think it's Abushi goes oh. in, does it first, has his head still there, and almost they gets... clip yeah. each other? Is that where... Because um, Omega got a nice shiner like like below his uh, oh, maybe that's... cheek, so I don't know if that's where he got it from? They hit. It, it looked so like... It was yeah. still a flawless move, but it looked Yeah, so and they like... still like executed them, which was crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it was balls to the wall, man. Yeah. It really was. I mean, but you know what really made the match for me was Matt like selling... His back still. Yes. You know, and he's been selling his back mm. for the last three months. So fuck everyone who says the young bucks <laughs> don't sell. But that made the match. It really mm. does. Like all that, you know, work, you know, the last three months, building on this injury and everything and working that like, you know, Nick has to carry the team and everything and that Matt's injured. Um, I really felt like it paid off in this match. You know, I don't know if that's, you know, why they've been working it mm. so much. But um, I really thought it was fantastic storytelling. Um, and just, I mean, just flawless execution on a lot of the moves and everything. I really, you know, you really felt, you know, at one point where they were just like, okay, all bets are off, or, you know, and they're going at each other. And it just felt vicious. And they, you know, um, when they were setting up the table and at first, like, was I think Nick yeah, he was didn't on... want to set up the table. Hmm. But then after a certain point, I think, you know, they hit something on that. And it was like, fuck it. And yeah. he goes, he puts Omega through the table with a uh, just a, a horrendous looking elbow drop. Um, just, and he had a choice there, too. He could either just yes. hit Ibushi or go after him. Yes, just... yes. Um, just everything that you'd want out of this match. Mm-hmm. You know, this was the true main event of the card. Um, you know, and one of the best tag team matches I've seen in a long time. I, I actually watched this match um, the next day, like first thing again. So I was I, I really really enjoyed this. Match. I mean, I finished this match two hours before we like even started recording. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean this this was definitely a classic. Mm. You know, something I know I will watch over and over again. 
Um, and it just, like I said, I mean, it, it was 35 minutes long, right? Or no, longer, 39, 39 yeah. minutes long. Um, which, that's a long yeah, match I remember for them getting to the 20-minute mark, and they were still going and going. Yes, and only... beating the crap out of each other. I mean, it was one of those classic matches where you could tell the guys were friends, mm-hmm. where they could take kind oh, of yeah. liberties with each other and not be concerned or worried about it. So, I mean, they were just going at it. Um, but you know, it wasn't just stiff for the sake of being stiff. There was a build up to it, um, where you could see where it was like, okay, no, no, all bets are off. And that, that, that moment where, you know, Kenny is about to hit the, um, the one winged angel on him and, you know, he's hesitating mm. at the end. And then Matt, like, you know, it's like, do it. And like, <laughs> basically gets him to put the move on him. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought that was great. So it just, I mean, great story. And then at the end of the match, you know, we see the Golden Lovers go over. Um, Kenny's laying over him, you know, apologizing, it seems oh, like, yeah. in the ring. Um, and then, you know, they kind of hang out. They they leave the ring. Young Bucks are still in the ring. And then Cody shows up. Yes. And it's like getting in their faces. Yes, you had one job is what he kept repeating yes. over and over again. Yes, which I found interesting. And then... Um, was it Nick who goes up behind him and tries to like tap him on the shoulder because he's in Matt's face? And then, yeah, and he pushes Nick down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Omega runs out, you know, and then he shakes Nick's hand and then he goes to shake uh, Matt's Matt hand. Matt's yeah, Matt still says mm-hmm. no. So you still have that tension. We don't know where we're at. And we're leading to the Supercard um, next weekend um, between uh, Omega and Cody. So, and I feel like that's going to be one of the biggest. <laughs> You know, yeah, matches of the weekend, and that's a WrestleMania weekend exactly. right there. And that's what—that's the match I'm probably, you know, besides Styles and Nakamura, I'm probably looking forward to mm. the most. So, um, yeah, and that's that's really a testament to what these guys have been doing, you know, in the ring. Now, there's a lot where they've been, like, teasing. Like, Cody keeps coming up to the Young Bucks saying, how about singles? And, like, I like that there's still this kind of tension where one of them might not want to join up with Kenny one of them might want to yeah that's interesting I I don't know because I mean even after Matt Mm -hmm. would refuse to shake um, Kenny's hand and he got out of the ring Nick did jump out of the ring right away oh yeah of course Um, but it definitely seems like something they're teasing I don't know if things will come to head before then though Mm -hmm. with Cody finally you know going one on one against Kenny you know, I don't know where this ends up. Like, I don't know where they end with this. It's all over the place. Because it's like, it feels like Cody is almost on the bad sides of everyone. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Uh, even with Hangman, he's he was getting in his way. He was yeah. Just... Yeah. And he's being the classic heel, like mm-hmm. trying to manipulate everyone. Um, so I'm, I'm curious because I cannot get a gauge on where they're headed or where this ended. Like, I don't know if we're in the middle of the story. Mm. I don't know if we're in the very beginning of the story. Um, but it feels like we'd be towards the end just because, you know, you're finally getting that one-on-one match. Yeah. But so much is left unres- unresolved. Yeah. I just don't. I mean, where do you see the story headed? I mean, I could see it going in multiple directions. One where if they want to keep the faction as heelish as possible, that's when Cody comes over, he wins, and he becomes the new leader. Who's on that team? Who's on that faction? Um, I mean, it's going to be, of course, Hangman, uh, most of the elite. And I feel like Tonga, the Gorillas of uh, Destiny, will probably leave at that point. Um, Kenny will stick with Golden Lovers. 
Yeah, because it doesn't seem like Kenny's leaving. Yeah. No, Bushi. Um, yeah. But at the same know. time, I could see it going the opposite way, where if Kenny wins and uh, they all decide they don't like Cody at this point, they kick him out, and he gets to be this great singles heel, but, but and the team stays in this kind of tweener position. I feel like, if anything, that's probably, you know, the more likely scenario, mm. just because... Of how over you know they are right now you know how well they're doing with the whole elite thing you know with the youtube channel and you know the merch and everything i would have a hard time seeing them you know going completely heel or like losing you know omega or the bucks yeah you know um, unless you get a, a a split of the bucks you know but i still feel like that the elite will still go on mm. yeah you know they're making too much money uh, yeah they're making way too much money um so i don't know i don't know i'm curious though i'm curious you know i mean i don't know if there, there'll be another you know party that gets you know added into this mm. you know because i just have a hard time seeing cody and hangman and you know maybe marty just like kind of running their own yeah you know faction underneath the you know bullet club umbrella um and being over as they are i feel like you need to have either the young bucks or you know kenny somehow mm. involved you know on that team so i don't know i don't know it'll be interesting well on that side do you have obushi then join yeah could do that you could do that i don't see him as a member yeah. but i mean who's that <laughs> joe schmo that we we're like who the hell's this guy <laughs> I don't remember his name. Yeah, so. <laughs> I know, literally don't remember. I didn't even know he was part of the team. Um, he just seemed like a warm body, mm. you know, that they're throwing into matches. I mean, it'd be right an interesting now. road for Ibushi because it's a different type of character for him. Yeah, if they want to do something new with him. Yeah, um, that would be different. That would be different. I think it would bring something out of him, you know, because mm. I mean, God, that guy's just sick in the ring. But character-wise, I feel like you know he's lacking compared to the rest of them, you know, charisma-wise. Mm. So, um, you know, and I don't know if that's just a language thing, but it does, it seems like he's more of the quiet type and he kind of leads with what he does in the ring, you know, more of his actions than anything. Um, so, you know, it might bring more character to him, you know, more personality mm. to his character. So I don't know. I'll be curious though. I, 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 I'm, I'm like, I'm on the edge of my seat, you know, <laughs> they, they've got me. Mm. You know, I, I mean, it was awesome booking by on them, you know, to, uh, you know, right after the event ended, you know, I think the next day there was another, you know, episode of the Elite on there, like literally, you know, continue right after what happened at the end of the event. So, you know, I mean, it's just smart. It really is. You know, they're booking themselves mm. at this point. <laughs> you know, I wonder like how much say New Japan has in anything that they're doing or if they're just on their own, own accord and, you know, booking their own little mini angles. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure whatever they have going on, there's, it's selling itself to both companies, both yeah. New Honor and New Japan. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're like, okay, whatever you guys want to do, yeah. <laughs> we're cool with. Um, you know, which is just so smart. I mean, how talented are those guys? Really? You know, I don't know if it's just like the Young Bucks and Kenny, or if they're all kind of, you know, mm. involved in the writing. Man, whenever Kenny has a move where it's going to be him hitting the top of his head, he sells it unbelievably mm. every single time i forgot what exactly happened in this match but i just remember he hits, hits his head and he just flies off like uh -huh. a jelly bean 
and looks like it's the most devastating attack ever. Yeah, man. He can sell. I mean, that, I think that's why he, he's kind of in a class on his own mm-hmm. right now because of just how well he sells in that ring. You know, he makes everything look brutal, you know, that he takes. And he makes the other guy look like a million bucks. Exactly. And that's so important. You know, he's not just, you know, setting up for another move, you know, after, you know, someone gets offense on him. You know, he's not thinking three steps ahead. He makes sure he sells that move first and then he moves on. You know, he transitions. So, yeah, no, I agree. You know, I agree. You know, masterclass and Mm. uh, selling. So, and I will say that this match got me more on the Golden Lovers side. Really? Yes. Okay. I did like everything that they worked together. I loved all their. Were you? Moves. Why weren't you on their side? I don't understand why. I don't know. You I just wasn't sold on it yet. I hadn't seen most of their earlier stuff, so I didn't know. And were you? It's kind of that disappointment that they could have been the reason why the Bullet Club was like breaking up. Yeah. You know. Probably. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, God, I mean, how behind is New Japan on the Golden Lovers? Mm. Though the crowd and stuff like that, I was like, I didn't realize how big of a deal those guys are, mm. you know, over there. So it was like the superpowers getting back together, you know, the mega powers of people, sorry. Yes. Um, but yeah, God, I, it really was a big deal over there. This is the loudest I've ever heard, it, like, heard a, a New Japan crowd. So... <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for this week. Exactly. We have some shout-outs to give. All right, these are some podcasts that you definitely should be checking out. Yes, we're going to do Besotted Geek, uh, weekly reviews of geek stuff. You can find them on Podbean. They're on Twitter, Besotted Geek Pod. Check them out. Definitely. We also have the Pod Bay Door Show, created content and comedic viewpoints on society, politics, entertainment, and Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas, people. Yes, brought back from the dead. That's that's right. <laughs> nice callback. <laughs> Where's Doctor Strange when uh, you need him? Yes, definitely check them out. All right, and while you're at it, go ahead and check out our house band, Them Guilty Aces. You're probably hearing their music right now. They got a new video up on YouTube. Head over to their iTunes page. Uh, download some awesome music. And uh, check them out on Twitter. They've got lots of uh, upcoming shows coming up. So. Yes. Really cool video. You're going to want to watch it twice. That's right. That's right. Um, Awesome rockabilly band from Mm -hmm. Chicago. Uh, Also, check us out on Twitter. Yep. Yep. At Amazing Nerd Show. Where else can they find us, Christian? Facebook and Instagram. Holy shit. That's a whole lot of social media for me. (laughs) My God. I feel like a teenage girl. Oh, yes. Hey, I'm helping. Yeah, you are helping. Yes, you are. (laughs) Thank you, Christian. So, yeah, we're... All over social media. Um, interact with us. Give us feedback. Um, definitely, you know, we want to hear from you guys. Um, also, go ahead. Um, find us on Podbean. Yes, you can find us on Podbean. You're probably listening to us on 12 Ounce Sports Radio. That's right. Uh, you can hear us on iTunes, Google yes. Play Music, yes. and Stitcher. And I don't care where you're at. Go ahead. Subscribe to us. Review us. Mm-hmm. Um, let let us know what you think. Yes, always leave comments. We always love hearing what you have to say. Yes, yes. Let us know what you think of the timestamps too. We're trying oh, something yes. new, so um, I know it's a lot of contact. We contact. The I know it's a lot of content we uh, delve into every week. So uh, we're trying to make it a little easier for our listeners. Yes, of course. And if you have any content you want us to talk about, let us know. That's right. All right. Not that we give a shit. But. <laughs> We're going to talk about what we want, yeah, let's be of course, honest, you know. <laughs> But no, no, let us know. We'll mm. see what we can do, people. All right. <laughs>
<laughs> That's going to do it for this week. Yes, I'm Christian. And I'm Damon. That was the amazing nerd show. Damn straight.